Five o'clock in Pirate Country and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Show. Uh, the incomparable, the man who tore up the streets. He had nothing but a good time in the Queen City of Charlotte. Ben Byram producing the effort today. Hey, Byron. He's going to have a an update for you coming up in a little bit also. Oh. <laughs> oh. My mic just fell off the stand here. The studio's falling apart. I was laughing at that. I, it, between that and something else, I was just, it, it tickled me. It struck me as funny. A lot of the players available today, huh, after uh, first day in pads. Seemed like that they responded well today for Mike Houston. So we'll have a little bit of that for you coming up. Uh, we're going to talk to P- Dr. Peter Francia. Now, he's in charge of the... Uh, you know, we see during the political season, ECU has become a player on the national scene of doing uh, polling for for uh, political season and and you know campaign the presidential race in North Carolina, the gubernatorial race, uh, Tillis race last November. You know all that stuff that for, uh, our guy Peter Francia heads. They 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 go to painstaking high links to make sure that their sample's not tainted, that it's the correct. You know, sample size that they're getting the correct the correct cross section, and you don't get a bunch of um, you know what I'm talking about, like uh, influence. Is that what it, what a, a lot bias of bias or agenda? Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Bias and agenda. There you go. I knew you were here for a reason, Ben. You don't get a lot of bias and agenda. I'm a big vocabulary guy, as you can tell. That you in that moment, I'm going to say this: you took it to the hole. And finished with authority. Pretty clutch. Yeah, you were in that one. You were in that one. Um, so they also have done polling, you know, around the 4th of July. They kind of do the happiness, life, liberty, uh, and uh, pursuit of happiness index. But it, we know Dr. Franci is a huge sports fan. So uh, out of committee yesterday at the General Assembly came the gambling bill, legalized sports gambling in the state. Jim Perry, Senator from Kinston, behind that. We got to get Senator Perry on sometime to talk about this. I, I want to get, I want to kind of get the, the latest from him on this. But um, Dr. Francia did a, a survey, a poll, if you will, like they would a, a presidential poll or a any kind of thing that they do out of that shop over there on do North Carolinians support uh, sports gambling being legalized? And, uh, We'll bring you the results of that coming up. We'll talk to him. Uh, we've got it posted on our social media. I've got it on mine. Um, and it's pinned in a tweet. We got a Twitter poll, Ben. Top of uh, at 943 the game on Twitter. You know, we're the sports station with the most Twitter followers in the Pirate Nation. That is true. That is true. I, it's a fact. It's not a made-up. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. Um, do you support legalized sports betting in NC? 
It's a simple yes-no question. Got a couple hours left to vote, so obviously you can vote beyond the show. We'll read you the results in final tomorrow, but head over to at 943 the game on Twitter. Overwhelming. 87.5% say yes. Just 12.5% say no out of the uh, votes we've received so far. Now, I, I uh, got a question for you real quick. Yeah, buddy. Go ahead. So I don't really know the ins and outs of this bill and the arguments for and against it, but mm-hmm. what necessarily is the argument against sports betting in North Carolina? I I can imagine you probably know a little bit more about the ins and outs of this bill. As far as what the political uh, argument is or just those that are opposed to it? Those that are or just both. opposed to it. it can, yeah, may, maybe a little bit of both. Well, remember when we mentioned this last week, uh, or the week before, that uh, when it originally was receiving some treatment in committee before it kind of passed its first hurdle, there was a study from that, that some of the uh, news was boasting about that this was not a popular, uh, uh, this was not going to bring as much money. The idea here is to take money and, and you know, pay for schools uh, that need, could, like in rural areas especially, use the money from this for, for things that, you know, would go towards building schools, you know, infrastructure, that sort of thing. Kind of like the lottery? <laughs> yeah, in a sense, yeah. but, you know, they basically lawmakers have raided the lot. The lottery gets a bad rap. But the lottery itself does its job as an institute. Um, it's above reproach. But your issue is the lawmakers have decided to make that kind of a slush fund, and they dip their hands in that whenever. I mean, yeah, money goes to education, but when you hear how much the lottery generates and you hear how much goes to education, a lot of people say, oh, well, they're not doing anything for education. No, the lawmakers have gone in there and raided the, the coffers for pet projects and, and other things. I mean, that's just that's just a fact. That's not my opinion um so i mean the people that run the lottery you know obviously they work for the state and what the state decides to do with those that money that's left over is what what they have no say over that anyway that's what it would be for there's some other things that it would the benefits of this the taxing of this would go towards but this study that was put out by a, a supposed nonpartisan study group in the legislature says remember the thing i said they 50 million was the number and they were saying it would bring in as little as 8 million and as much as 27 million because i told you if it brought in 8 million uh if they legalize sports yeah, that gambling, fake number that ridiculous right, fake number i'd stand on my head and do the entire show if it only brought in 8 million dollars in taxes if they you know if they do it full throat if they half ass it then it's going to be it's not going to bring in the type of money it could but i mean if you go and you you know you allow places to be where you can place bets and there's electronic means to place bets. That's what's going to allow you to, to do this. Well, that's argument one, at least from the legislative standpoint. Uh, We'll see this in Francia's report. There's an overwhelming amount of North Carolina residents, voters, whatever you want to call them, because they did poll non-voters in this as well. But there's an overwhelming amount of people, Ben, who would rather they, they feel like college sports or, you know, gambling on college sports is sacrilege, you know, that we're still playing for the letter jacket. I got type you. Of thing. Well, things have changed. I mean, they're literally right. getting paid things, now. <laughs> things have obviously changed. But, you know, there are people that feel like gambling, you know, it's a sin. They're, they might have religious uh, reasons for not wanting to, to partake, and that's their business. Uh, they may have a situation where they're worried about people that would get addicted. People get addicted to stuff every day. 
Booze, drugs, cigarettes, porn, you name it, people get addicted to it. Uh, People probably do get addicted to the highs of gambling. Um, I don't because the lows really take me down. (laughs) When I go to the casino, I set the amount, baby. And, yes, it's it's glorious when you're, you know, at the penny slots winning. But they will quickly they will quickly uh, take away. It's just you, you go have a little fun with it. But like the casinos out in the western part of the state, like the lottery that so many people got their panties in a bunch over, and even today still do and take critical shots at. All of this, it's nothing that you have to do. You have a choice. You don't have to participate in it. It's not going to be force fed down your throat or anything. It's just correct. So would you rather? Take money off legalized sports gambling if you're in North Carolina, or would you rather have property taxes go up or gas taxes go up or any other tax go up? This is a way to, to maybe avoid some of that theoretically. So those are, you know, the arguments and the solutions as I see them. I'm sure there's more. I can't speak for what – I mean, full disclosure, I'm firmly in the camp that it needs to happen oh, for yeah. a number of reasons. For a number of reasons. I'm with I you. mean, never mind – the reasons that this could be more money to go towards, you know, certain things in the state, infrastructure, uh, building of schools, whatever they have it planned for. Because I think ultimately, like a lot of things in the state, people are going to sneak things in and money's going to be going places that you you don't even realize and, and would find ridiculous as a citizen and a voter. The other thing is, and look, Washington doesn't have the market cornered on that. They're pretty close, but, you know, not all the way. The other thing that I will say is... Um, you know, I, I, I just said that's overwhelmingly guys your age and Chill's age uh, are more interested in that than we are, than you know, than they necessarily are the game. It doesn't mean you don't like watching the game, but I mean, that's a way for you to have maybe some more interest in the game. I'm not a fantasy guy. Don't like it. Ah, played it. I'm a big sticks. fantasy guy. Yeah, not not a fan. Don't want to do it. We'll never do it. But there's a large segment out there that love fantasy, that love to play fantasy football, that love to play fantasy sport, because it's a thing that kind of keeps them interested in the game. I've even done fantasy UFC and won money, so. Yeah. It's big now, in all sports. Now, that's where, you know, that's where fantasy has kind of met the gambling world is now you can meet money. You can win money. You can always win yep. money, of course, in a fantasy football league or, or something's on the line, that goofy trophy and, and whatever that you have in your league. But generally there's some money. It's like the pool at the NCAA. If you've ever participated in office pool, I got news for you. You vote, you, you, you've uh, gambled. Well, even in our state, you can win money and you can put, you can put money in and deposit money into FanDuel or DraftKings and win money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other argument from Senator Perry is, you know, these are out of state entities. So let's get some in state stuff going here so we can keep some of the money in, in North Carolina. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, that's coming up uh, later on. We'll, we'll, get the, we'll get the pulse of the people, Ben, from Peter Francia. One other thing that could have maybe used uh, a little more gaming on it to hold the interest. But by the way, uh, just to mention this again, go to Twitter, our poll, at 943thegame on Twitter. Uh, it's pinned to the top of the page. It's our poll. It's going on for a couple hours after the show. Do you support legalized sports betting in NC? Yes or no? Pretty simple uh, question. We'll update it after we talk to Francia later in the show. Go ahead and give us a follow while you're at it. Don't be a jerk. I know, yeah. Just don't vote. Follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me, at P-Man on Air. Whatever Ben's Twitter is now. What is it? At? It's Byram 13 It's Ben the Notorious B-Baby Byram. Better believe it. 
Better know it. Get to love it. Don't see you start it. talking the name, and I think it confuses the handle. People with the handle. Well, they better find it. You need a simpler handle. All right. Um, I think you posted this story. Our friends over at Sports Media Watch have followed up on it. The Tokyo Olympic ratings recap. Bloody to say the least, right? One of Not the good. one of the worst. Yeah, well, the worst. Least watched primetime Olympics ever, summer or winter. 16 of the 17 nights below 20 million viewers compared to 11 nights combined for the previous five summer games. Closing ceremony, setting a new record low with fewer than 10 million viewers. Tokyo, the first summer Olympics since 04, Athens, to average fewer viewers in the preceding winter games. There is the average primetime audience for every Olympics since NBC's streak of summer games started in 88. This down to 15.6, which was down from 16 at 19.8 in 27. That's 18, 18, 19.8 and 18. Um, I believe that was a winner. I mean, yeah, that was a winner. So the Rio games, Ben, Rio de Janeiro games, four or now five years ago, 27 million viewers. So essentially it hemorrhaged 12 and a half million viewers. Let me tell you, if you're around Philip this past weekend, you would have never known because he had every Olympic vi- event he could find on the TV. He was in on all of it. Well, look, I'm not denying that people didn't watch it. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it. that. They didn't watch it in the droves in which they had watched it previously. There was that one point me and Philip were watching synchronized, like hula hoop, throwing right. or dancing. It was some stuff I had never heard of or seen before. You would have never known around the ref. Well, the ref's a little bit of a, a different bird. I think, <laughs> I think we we have acknowledged that, haven't we? We're all a little off here in the control room. Yeah, well, you got to be. But my point now, Ben, what would you attribute this to? Uh, the major one that sticks out in my mind is the political aspect of it. If I'm not mistaken, that would you know, make the most sense to me. So I think when you have the political side of things that have entered the NBA, especially in earnest a couple years ago, and those ratings were at an all-time low. Less marquee teams this year, ratings were better, right? Some of the higher ratings in in recent times, but they were better than they were the real political year the year prior. Um, Most everything is up. I mean, you know, some well, I should say most everything is down. uh, that, That has tainted itself with some kind of political... When they've gone away from the politics, which the NBA made a concerted effort to do this year, uh, the numbers have rebounded uh, a little bit. When you enter politics, when you're representing the country, I think that's a bridge too far for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. The Olympics is meant to be something very honorable and respectful to your country. If you're going to honor your country, and look, it's not a perfect country. I I know that. You know that because we have functioning brains and the ability to critically think. It's not a perfect country because we don't have sports betting in North Carolina. Come on, people. <laughs> that, that could be a reason. But what I'm saying is that in that role, you're representing your country. Ben, like it or not, um, if we go out and go to uh, an ECU event to cover it, we're representing our company, right? That is true. That's right. When we post something on Twitter... Uh, the cesspool of society, 
like it or not, we even if it's our personal Twitter, I'm always of the mindset you are probably representing your company to a degree on Twitter, right? Yeah, as outrageous as Mon, Mon gets, it's not as out, outrageous as it could be. I gotta, I gotta understand. I am an employee of a, a, a media entity here, and I gotta, gotta tone it down a little bit. Well, not everybody understands that, but you know, I, I think places that are run in a class manner as ours is, you understand that going in. I never had to tell you that. I think you picked up on that because of the vibe of the place. You well, know if you're an employee is, for any place, I mean, it's right. You, you should be speaking, that way, yeah. Generally speaking, there's some places you can put whatever you want, and you know. Whatever, um, but I, I just but if you're representing an entity and you de- and you disgrace that entity in any way in the in the va- in the minds of the vast majority of people, it's not going to be good. And and I just think I I think people have a hard time wanting to watch the Olympics and athletes that are representing Team USA, but don't respect. Or don't seem to respect the country. Are they? Am I saying their their gripes and their complaints aren't legitimate? I'm not saying that. In their minds, they are. In, in reality, some of them aren't. But in but there are some legitimate because this is an imperfect uh, country. It's an imperfect experiment that continues on. It should always work to get better. But we have people that just don't seem like they want to work to make it better. They just want to grandstand, complain, and, and hash and, and and enhance their own hashtag brand. The other thing I, I uh, believe, while the numbers are down in huge, huge droves, coming off this pandemic, more people have gotten out this year in the summer. People wanted to get out and do things. They were cooped up for far too long. So you don't really want to sit at the television and watch TV, right? You don't want to sit at the television and watch synchronized hula hoop throwing. <laughs> Unless you're the ref. All right, uh, a break. we got to get to Dr. Francia. I've already gone long in the segment when I was told to keep the segment short so we could get everything in today so now we've uh, created a challenge for our crack production team but they'll get on it and they'll make it happen uh we uh are gonna go uh and hear from coach houston and others next in our pirate report so stay with us here on the game videos articles and what's going on in the pirate nation i thought that's what facebook updates were for like and comment on 94.3 the game's facebook page right now more of the patrick johnson show is coming up on 94.3 the game and 94.3 the game.com and now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirates in pads for the first time uh, today. Full pads. And uh, they were smacking one another around out there. Uh, welcome back in. It is uh, our Pirate Report. And uh, this is uh, a duo of Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. Do we get the comment where they gave themselves nicknames, Ben? Do we have that one? All right, get that one on standby. And let's start with their comments on, uh, particularly, let's start with Rajay Harris's comments on, wait a minute, leading the offense? Play it. You know, it's been a little minute, man. We strap it up, you know. So, um, you know, the second week of fall camp will always be, you know, a little shaky. You know, everybody's sore, everybody's tired, so... You know, you got to have somebody to push through. You know, I'm trying to lead the offense. You know, me and Keaton trying to lead the offense to be better every single day. So, I think I just I just, I brought the energy today. Stay with it all day, you know. Like I say, 1% better every day. Can't settle on today. Got to be better tomorrow. Uh, some people might need to get the memo if he's leading the offense, right? Where's Holton? 
at Ben. Now be nice. Uh, this is uh, Harris and Mitchell on their. Yeah. These guys were together. This is them collectively on their season goals. It was a dual press conference here. Right, literally. I mean, we both pushing for a thousand yard each. One fifty, two fifty, a game. Yeah. So keep us accountable for that. Yeah, definitely. I ain't did nothing, not yet. So, you know, I'm still trying to get to a bowl game. You know, we want the the team goals. We're not too too much focused on the independent. Uh, you did your individual goals first there, bud. Well, I was going to say, he did his individual goals. It's like, the step, it's like step brothers here. It was pretty good. This this had to be entertaining. I loved it. It was a this, lot of fun. Yeah, this seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, this is Keaton uh, Mitchell on the importance of practicing hard. You know, um, we still got to continue to practice hard. You know, the, the other guys, the young guys are still trying to build and still trying to come get our spots, you know, every day. You know, we all cool, you know, family. But, you know, they want to be on the field also. So we got us every day. Like I said, 1%. Just 1% better every day. Yep. Stealing a little Cliff Godwin mantra there, too, huh? Did you hear that uh, at the end? Like, the other guy was like, yep. They're just backing yep. him up. Sounds just like Step Brothers. Yeah, it kind of did. Uh, I think it's cool they came out and did their press conference together, don't you? No, Coach Houston suggested it because they came on right after Houston. He was like, both y'all do it together. It's like, all right, then. He stuck I around really like He stuck that. around for it. He loves those guys. Did, probably did to make sure they didn't just spout out individual goals. No, that's pretty good. I like that. I really do like that. It was a lot of fun. Our pirate report today. Now, they have nicknames for one another? They made nicknames for each other. Okay. Uh, like, Mitchell made up a nickname for Harris. Harris made up a nickname for Mitchell. They wrote it on the board, they said, yesterday. Okay. Let's hear this. We actually do. We drew it on the board. Uh, what, yesterday? Yeah. Call him Icy. Yeah. Call me K3. Okay. Y'all get used to that, man. Y'all get used to that. So, Rajay Harris, Harris is Icy. Keaton Mitchell's K3. That's where we're going with. Call him K3 and Icy now. So, great sports nicknames. Obviously, Magic Johnson is. is one of the greatest, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but it's got to be earned, right? You got to be given to you. Well, I think when somebody else, you know, starts calling you that, or, or the fellows start calling you that, or you know, so you're dubbed that in some. I mean, nicknames now stink in sports, right? Yeah, except for B Baby. I mean, that's one of the all-time greatest. Yeah, but you like giving yourself uh, nicknames a little dopey, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But, hey, people are starting to call me that. It's starting to stick. The ref did. Like gum, <laughs> like gum on the bottom of a shoe, it's starting to stick. All right, uh, so that was the uh, routine of Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. Hey, glad we got some access to the players, right? About time. And some different players. I thought it was great. Uh, this is Fernando Fry talking about the first day in full pads. Tell you the truth, we're already acclimated. Um, we hit... <laughs> We, we go full speed all the time. You know, our walkthroughs are full speed. So it's really not too much different than a shells day, you know. Um, maybe a little different for the skill guys because they got to take guys to the ground. But as an O-lineman, you know, that's my job to make sure they don't do that. So um, overall, uh, our, our team loves to hit. So it's mostly like a energizing day, I guess. Uh, Xavier Smith talking about uh, his practice excitement. Uh, it was real exciting for me. 
having to play two different positions. I know it's different from linebacker, obviously. So for me, it's exciting to try to take on that challenge, play both roles. So for me, it's exciting. A little bit different, but still exciting. And this is uh, Xavier Smith on uh, his excitement, his uh, his anticipation uh, at the new position of edge rusher. Well, it's definitely new. It's definitely humbling to be back there, like behind the linemen and being up there like you're in a fight right now every single place. So it's definitely different for me. But like I said, I embrace the challenge and just take it for what it is, try to be the best player I can be for the team. All right, uh, Mike Houston, get a couple cuts in here from Coach. Uh, cut one on the Vast Soundbite roster. He assessed today's practice. Nice, uh, cool day for practice today. First day in full pads. Um, you know, really, really pleased with a lot of things during practice. You know, we had, uh, we did have high temperatures uh, this morning. It was, it was a cooker out there with the humidity, um, and in full pads, and you know, the energy up. Um, but I tell you, the kids didn't disappoint. Uh, started off with a, uh, a live goal line, 11 on 11 drill, uh, and uh, you know I thought for the first day, live contact in that situation, that area of the field, I thought we executed you know pretty clean down there. You just worry. I mean, first day of contact, a lot of times you see some sloppy stuff, uh, but I thought that was a very clean drill, and uh, you know good good inside run period for the first day, uh, and then I thought they really pushed through and finished practice very strong. Had a good. Uh, you know, field goal work at the end and a pretty, uh, you know, pretty, uh, you know, high energy team period at the end. So, you know, good first day in pads. All right. And then uh, let's hit uh, number seven here on the uh, Houston roster, which is the team schedule for the rest of the week. In camp. Well, you know, scrimmage Friday or scrimmage Saturday, probably, you know, maybe a touch lighter on Friday, um, you know, from a load standpoint. Um, you know, probably have one more, you know, pretty heavy day either tomorrow or um, Wednesday, and then the other be kind of a medium load day. And it's something something new that we're doing this preseason camp is just, you know, monitoring the load, you know, each day on the kids. Uh, you know, we've got a, a way to do that now. And so I uh, just really want to make sure that we're fairly fresh on Saturday so we can see, you know, as much of a game simulation as we can here, you know, a week and a half, almost two weeks in camp. Hey, uh, Ben, is there anything else within this that you think we need to play uh, or chill? Is there any any cuts that you feel like are important? Otherwise, I think we can get to Ben's update because we want to get uh, uh, Dr. Franci on. But any, anything else that we needed to, to make mention of out of these cuts today or out of practice today since you were there? I think we can save it. I think my most the, my favorite part and the most important part was just the running backs in there together. That was easily the most entertaining part of the press coverage. So I think we're pretty good. We got it set and covered. Okay. You can always listen to the Pirate Report on uh, 107.9 and 94.3 every day. And we have cuts. Yeah. Yeah, more cuts up there. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, So we're starting up. uh, They started last week, but they will uh, continue, and it'll it'll run throughout the season. Uh, We're going to have our Pirate Report, which uh, is like we do here, like they do on Talk of the Town on uh, the sports segment Trent McGee does. Uh, but uh, the Pirate Report also includes, uh, you know, kind of a canned during the day. So if you if you miss this show or maybe catch it after we do the Pirate Report, or you're out of the car before we do it normally. Uh, we will have, you know, kind of an update, couple of them a day that will uh, spit out your way, um, you know, for the Pirate Reports uh, throughout the day here on 94.3 The Game. 
Uh, Fridays, we'll continue our uh, countdown to kickoff, which is brought to you by all of our pirate partners, uh, Caribsi, Trans Impact, Moore's Old Fashioned Barbecue, and, uh, uh, oh, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Ben, help me with this. The other one is uh, Fantastic Sam's. So There you go. Uh, we've, we've got those for you, and uh, we bring you that every Friday. Uh, and that uh, has been noted airs not only here on 94.3 The Game, but also airs uh, on uh, 107.9 WNCT, the flagship stations of the ECU Pirates. Let me repeat that. 107.9 WNCT, 94.3 The Game, WRHD are the official, tried and true, flagship stations of the ECU Pirates. There's okay. no others. We have a Twitter. <laughs> Boy, you are really uh, spicy today. Hey, I, I was You're just really... stating facts like earlier. I mean, we're just talking facts. Well, no, that means it's all facts. It's all facts. All right. Uh, you got an update full of facts and information, right? Oh, plenty of information here. So let's get to that. And then P Dr. Peter Francium, uh, the ECU uh, Division for Survey uh, and Research at East Carolina University, they basically do the polling for political polls. They do the Life, Liberty, and Happiness poll around July 4th. They also do, from time to time, sports polls or political issue polls. One of the uh, issues that's merging with the world of sports, and that is the legalizing of sports gambling. Uh, details on where that stands right now, and also uh, Dr. Francia's result, results from uh, what North Carolinians think of legalizing sports gambling here in our state uh, that is coming up but first here's ben byram with a sports flash here on 94.3 the game thanks patrick we start from the nfl's the carolina panthers gear up for their first preseason game in indianapolis this weekend against the colts with carson Wentz out they'll see second year quarterback out of washington jacob eason getting first-team reps with Indy, while splitting reps with rookie quarterback out of Texas, Sam Ellinger. The league is expected to crack down on taunting and celebrating this year of penalties that will include fines and even player suspensions. The no-fun league kicks in again, and Patriots tight end Hunter Henry is expected to miss a couple weeks due to a shoulder injury. Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson has been ruled out of their preseason opener against the Packers. And speaking of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is expected to sit out of a, a preseason games. And Jordan Love, of course, will get starting reps. Big news out of soccer, out of all things, is Lionel Messi has signed a two-year deal with PSG that will include an option next year. And Luka Doncic has signed a five-year, $207 million Supermax rookie extension with the Dallas Mavericks. That's going to do it for your 94th Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Byram. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate baseball. High fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3TheGame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Legislation to license and tax sports betting in North Carolina clearing another state Senate committee on Monday. The proposal has drawn support uh, in a bipartisan fashion, overcoming concerns from others uh, that this will met that the measure will increase the number of uh, residents addicted to gambling. Uh, we uh, are keeping a watchful eye on that. What's going on in the legislature? It was a bit of a slim majority. Uh, the uh, folks uh, with uh, ECU polling and surveying, and Dr. Peter Francia, who's been a, a great friend over the years, 
and a great friend uh, to the station, the show, and uh, IBX Media in general joins us uh, here. Uh, they have a brand-new poll out on sports gambling and uh, the thoughts of North Carolinians. We're going to delve into that right now with Dr. Franci as we welcome him uh, back into the Patrick Johnson Show. Hope it's been a great summer for you, uh, Peter, and uh, I know you're looking forward to getting back in the classroom physically. Absolutely. It's been a great summer. I am very much looking forward to a return to the ECU campus. So thanks for having me on today to uh, to discuss our latest poll. It's interesting. And I, and I want you to, for those, because the audience uh, on this show, and I mean, the numbers back it up, we've grown uh, by leaps and bounds, even over the summer, uh, which is usually a slow time. So that's some pretty cool stuff here. But as far as uh, the ECU Center for Survey Research and, and this new poll, uh, again, maybe explain to, to our new listeners, and just to refresh those who've been with the show a while, how you all kind of go about conducting your surveys and, uh, and how you select your topics, et cetera. That's right. Okay, so first off, it's a statewide poll. I get asked that question a lot. Is it just regional? Is it exclusive to the eastern part of the state? And the answer is no. We, this poll is statewide, so we, we hit every part of North Carolina. So statewide poll, in this particular case, we surveyed all adults. Sometimes when we're doing election polls, we're looking at likely voters. But in this case, it's all adults. We did break the numbers down, if you want to talk about it later, uh, where we did compare adults versus those who voted. So voters versus adults, and I can talk about that. But this, this poll surveyed all North Carolina adults. And again, we hit, we hit all parts of the state. Uh, we survey uh, folks in North Carolina uh, for our polls via telephone and uh, an online platform. So there's there's two ways that we reach people when we do our polling. Dr. Peter Francia is uh, with this uh, ECU Center for Survey Research. He's the guy in charge uh, there. And uh, it's always interesting to look at uh, the topics. And, and you and I have talked about this in different incarnations uh, over the last few years. So I think it's a great poll to, to put out and get a real – uh, pulse of, of the citizenry in North Carolina out there. The poll found that the majority of North Carolinians support legalized sports gambling. What were the numbers? 54% of North Carolina adults said that they approved of legalized sports betting. 46% disapproved. Let's get into the numbers. Uh, sure. <laughs> break it down for us. Typically, well, who are those that uh, you know approved of it? Typically, According to the poll, who were those that maybe were against it? Well, the, the, I think the one the, the one breakdown that stood out the most by far is is by age. When we break the numbers down that way, uh, younger voters, eighteen to forty four years of age, m- more than seventy percent uh, answered approve. When you start getting into the older demographics, the numbers drop very dramatically. Um, so those 45 and older support drops to 43%. Uh, so age is a big factor. And if we were to break those numbers out further, uh, when you get into the 65 and over, they're the least supportive of legalized sports gambling. So, so age is definitely, uh, you know, a factor in mm-hmm. understanding who approves and who doesn't approve. Okay. By party affiliation. Cause I mean this, you know, you, you do a lot of political surveying. I found some of those numbers kind of interesting. Right. So this Bill 688 is a is a bipartisan bill. Uh, Jim Perry is a Republican and Paul Lowe is a Democrat uh, in the in the North Carolina Senate. And if you look at the public, we see 
more support among Democrats than Republicans, but the numbers are pretty close, mm-hmm. actually. 54% mm-hmm. of Democrats uh, are answered approve when asked if they supported legalized sports gambling in North Carolina, and it was 43% of Republicans. So more Democrats, but that's an 11 percentage point difference, and that's not a lot in today's environment. If you poll almost any question today and break the numbers down by party, Democrats and Republicans are usually miles apart, right? and they're not on this. So it's, it's not a big difference. There is a difference, but it's not a big one. And actually, independents are the most uh, supportive at 60%. Uh, that's interesting, yeah, indeed. All right, so there's a new poll out from the ECU Center for Survey Research. Dr. Peter Francia uh, is our uh, guest and a uh, great, uh, great sports fan. He leads this, so this, I know, is something he was really kind of excited and fired up uh, about. Uh, the concern seems to be about the addictive nature of gambling as a whole. Um, that, that seems to be, I guess, you know, when you ask that follow-up, if you approve or disapprove and why, that, that would seem to be the why to me. Is that accurate? Uh, could you repeat the question? As far as concerns over the gambling and sports gambling in, in particular being addictive. Right. So our, our numbers showed that that was a real concern mm-hmm. among North Carolina adults. So even though there's support and approval uh, we got sort of that mixed answer that North Carolina residents were saying, yeah, we are at least somewhat concerned about the possibility of, of gambling addiction, uh, you know, were this to happen. So the, the numbers broke down with 37% in the, in the top category of concern, 37% in the middle category of concern, and 26% in the lowest category of concern. So if you took the two top categories, it's about three out of four. Uh, North Carolinians saying that they have at least, you know, somewhat concern over an increase in gambling addiction. Yeah. And I can certainly understand people's concerns there. Uh, I think the bill's proponents would argue that gambling is here already. Um, right. And that, you know, the, the, um, it's not creating something that isn't already here. Well, and again, the argument for those that are backing this legislation is it's already going to, um, you know, the local bookie, wink, wink, <laughs> and uh, that there's also online mechanisms or apps, you know, that uh, maybe don't allow you to place in North Carolina a wager on, uh, you know, the ECU Appalachian State game, for example, or the uh, Carolina Panthers preseason game against the Colts. But, you know, you could get on things and, and do a fantasy golf or do a fantasy bas. I mean, that, that kind of mechanism exists and it's all out of state. So I, I totally get what they're talking about there. Uh, Dr. Peter Francia, ECU Center for Survey Research, a new poll uh, that is just out finds the majority of North Carolinians do support legalized sports gambling. That legislation on Monday clearing another committee hurdle. So uh, a step closer to becoming uh, a uh, realization here in the state of North Carolina and just in what form will be, I think, uh, the most interesting. Um you know, certainly the argument is this could equate to a large amount of revenue for the state. Uh, and uh, can you get into some of that as well as far as those you polled that said uh, whether or not they would legally bet on sporting events and the amount of money they may be willing to, to spend a week, that sort of thing? Right, yeah. So 32% said that they would gamble if it were, if it were legal. And 60% said 
of those who said they would gamble, 60% said that they would be wagering $50 or less per week. And I think for those concerned about um, gambling as a whole, the, the fact that 60% were in that $50 or less suggests at least on some level that, that people who do or people who will gamble are prepared to do it um, in in a at least a somewhat responsible manner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I would equate that number to probably the people that maybe once a week, uh, you know, buy a couple scratch off tickets or a lottery ticket. I mean, there are people that do that, and and that bill for those casual buyers, casual casual regular buyers, which I, I might be a bit of an oxymoron there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the, there are people obviously that spend a lot of money on on things that, of this sort. But I think, you know, they're that sort of casual uh, person that goes in and, and maybe one week they'll drop 25, 30 bucks on a couple scratch. I mean, I've, I'll do that from time to time, if depending on where we are, but I certainly don't do it every week. So uh, to me, Doc, that kind of falls in line w- with that. Nothing scientific, just, uh, you know, anecdotal there. Um, you're, you're talking about a minute percentage that would, uh, that would bet $250 weekly in this poll. Right. That's correct. And yeah. so that's, I think that's at least uh, a number to look at and say that if at least if people are answering honestly uh, and they can predict their future behavior accurately, then there won't be a lot of people who would be doing it um, in, in a way that would be irresponsible. And of course, their money is relative. If you have lots and lots of it, $250 to some people may not be as much as it is to somebody right. like me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. You would be both. So that's another you, you would be both, right. Dr. Franci. Uh, Dr. Peter Franci with us here. Okay. Uh, there's the question again that this is going to be good for tax coffers uh, and and those that uh, have designed the legislation and presented it. You know, they they have laid out uh, all the virtues of, of education, construction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as far as the question, Dr. Franci, about the good for the economy in North Carolina, where does that line up? So 39% answered that that the legal exports gambling would be good for the economy. 34% answered that it would be bad for the economy. 27% answered that it would have no influence on the economy. And, and I think certainly we can understand why people would think it was bad for the economy if you have people who are irresponsible with their gambling habits and they're blowing their paychecks on uh, sporting, you know, sports betting rather than paying the utility bill, uh, that would be a real right. problem. So I, you can certainly understand why some people would feel that way. Um, but the, the, the folks who would answer good for the economy, certainly if we're, um, if it means less taxation in some areas, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that would, that would harm the economy. Um, and the state has more money to to pay for things, services that the public needs. That that could be that could be a good thing. I mean, for example, I'm a state employee as a professor at East Carolina University. If the state has money to offer a raise because there's more revenue in the state treasury, um, and I have a raise coming, I have a little more disposable income. That home project that I need fixed now can get fixed, and you know the businessman who's in home repair now has work because I can afford to pay him. So you can see how um, there could be an argument that it's good for the economy as well. This so-called syntax is much more popular than another property tax increase, it seems, also according to the survey. Yes. So this is, I'm glad you brought this up. I think that 
this is one of the key findings in the in the poll that 80% answered that they would prefer if the you know if the state of North Carolina needs revenue and the choice is between taxing sports betting revenue or taxing property taxes an increase in property taxes four out of five North Carolinians say hey tax the sports betting don't raise my property taxes and what's most interesting, it wasn't in the report, but I'm going to bring it up here on your show. Oh, so I, wait a minute. A Patrick Johnson show exclusive, correct? Yes, the right. Patrick Johnson exclusive. I literally just looked at this because I knew I was coming on and I wanted to share this with you. I looked at the numbers by party on that and four out of five Republicans, four out of five independents, four out of five Democrats across parties, four out of five are saying tax the sports betting revenue, don't tax property taxes. So but, you know, agreement across the board by party, <laughs> almost never find that. And it was remarkable how uniform it was. So uh, that's how the issue, if, you know, if you're Jim Perry and he has talked about this, that's how the issue can be a winning one politically. If it's framed as a choice between taxing sports betting revenue versus taxing uh, or versus an increase in property taxes, that's the issue that uh, that has really widespread agreement across party lines. If it's just talked about in the abstract, um, again, the numbers were much more evenly divided. Those numbers that we talked about at the very beginning, the 54-46 uh, number is, is obviously much closer. But if it's framed around, um, you know, what do you want taxed, uh, then taxing sports betting revenue is a much more popular choice than, than an increase in property taxes. Interesting. Uh, great stuff here, Dr. Peter Francia with uh, the uh – uh, latest ECU poll from the uh, Center for Survey Research at East Carolina University. 54% of North Carolinians approved of legalized sports betting. 46% do not. It seems that the breakdown is a lot younger of those that support this rather than uh, uh, folks that uh, are older. One other quick thing I wanted to work in, and, and, and I, I, I'm actually anxious to get uh, you to sort of define this. Non-voters... Mm-hmm. Seem to over to support this overwhelmingly. What what qualified for someone as a non-voter? Uh, simply, simply if you said you didn't vote in the last election. So that who that in the world didn't vote in the last election? <laughs> <laughs> there were some people, uh, but yeah, there. So and some of the if you just turned eighteen, you might have not. Gotcha. Voted as well. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's they would they would be in the non-voter category, but that there were you know there were still. Oh, what was it? You know, maybe uh, about about a quarter, maybe a little more than that, who the adult population that didn't vote. So, um, but yeah, the numbers are much different. The non-voters, sixty-six percent approve of legalized sports gambling. Among those who voted, the number drops to forty-seven percent. And I think the simple answer to why those big differences is that we're dealing with a, a very different demographic. Uh, when we compare voters and non-voters, uh, voters tend to be um, older, wealthier, more partisan mm-hmm. than the non-voter population. And again, as I mentioned, older voters are going to be less likely to support. When we looked at breakdowns by income, those who are wealthier are more likely to oppose uh, legalized uh, sports gambling. And of course, as I mentioned, the independents were the most supportive and uh, in when we compare voters and non-voters, the voters are going to be more partisan uh, than, than the non-voters. So all of those things sort of come together um, to 
to give us those different results. Uh, Dr. Francia, you, you study this, you follow what goes on uh, in politics in North Carolina at the state level. Um, just your opinion. Um, obviously, you have your survey to, to maybe back that hypothesis up, uh, but do you see this happening uh, soon, sooner than later in North Carolina, legalized sports gambling? I think legalized sports gambling is inevitable at some point, whether it happens this year, next year, or down the road. I think it's inevitable. Uh, I'll, Patrick, we'll both see it in our lifetimes. I don't. I have almost no doubt of that. I think that that the the ball is rolling in that direction. And Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, alluded to that. Um, Texas is considering. Uh, a bill to legalize sports gambling. It doesn't look like it's going to happen there, but Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, said it's inevitable. Uh, there's there's too much money there, and I think that states are going to look at the the, rev, the potential for those revenue increases, and uh, you know the, the the desire and the temptation for that revenue, I think, will prove uh, too much over time. And we'll see it. I mean, it's already happening um, in states around the country. So I think it's just, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Dr. Peter Francia, ECU Center for Survey Research. Thanks so much. Really appreciate uh, your time here. Thank you, Patrick. Always a pleasure to come on and and talk about our polling data. Yeah, well, we're thrilled to have you on. Okay, uh, back to wrap it up, including a final look at our Twitter poll uh, with about an hour or so to uh, go and voting next. And Pirates. Oh, yeah. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P Man. Uh, put its pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 943 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. Ah! It's the P Man here on 943 The Game. Thanks to Dr. Peter Francia for being on with us. Sports gambling in North Carolina uh, could be legalized. Still some time to vote in our poll. Uh, about an hour left. We'll read you the final results tomorrow, but overwhelming support to the tune of over 86%. Uh, vote at 943thegame on Twitter. Uh, oh, we got a little shout-out there with uh, K3. His, his mama put uh, this on here. Pictures of uh, them. Isn't that neat? I see it K3. We're just giving them I'll, their proper due diligence. We're, we're... Well, I'll, I'll let it marinate overnight. <laughs> you know, let that marinate overnight. Got to be a little something to that. Um, tomorrow, Brian Mull, plus the start of the Little League Softball World Series in Greenville. And, uh, of course, our Pirate Report. That's all tomorrow. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll catch you on our midday edition, 5 o'clock. See you then.